Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Brand Your Practice podcast, where you get to learn about branding and marketing and scaling your private practice. I'm Brent Stutzman, and today we're continuing our series on how bookkeeping is an essential part of growing your private practice. Your money is telling you a story about your business, and you need to know what that story is. Is it a tragedy? Is it a comedy or a heroic tale of you increasing your income and impact in your community? Well, to help me do that is Nate Hendricks, founder and owner of Navigator Bookkeeping. He is a QuickBooks bookkeeping wizard, guru, and he also helps businesses maximize their profits. Welcome to the show, Nate. Thanks for having me, Brent. So today we're going to talk about how to maximize profit in your private practice. But first, I want the listeners to know a little bit of how we got connected. So we got First, we ran into each other <laughs> years ago at this point. I don't even know how many years that, uh, to a church that we attended together. Uh, and then for various reasons, because it was a multi- you know, bigger church, multiple locations or whatever, we kind of lost touch. You graduated. I've mm-hmm. moved on since then. And um, then, uh, let's see, maybe about a year ago, a little over a year ago, you reached out to me on LinkedIn. And uh, at that point, my wife's private practice, Kid Matters Counseling, was growing my business brand your practice was growing and i i was struggling to keep up with the bookkeeping and i hated quickbooks with a deep and abiding passion it was so confusing <laughs> to me but it's whatever you know it's what all the cool accountants all the cool kids are using that's right um but i here's the thing i didn't like the conversations i was having with my wife at the time <laughs> she would ask she would ask like so uh what was the profit this month for kid matters and i was like uh, i was good She's like, well, what was it? And I said, well, I, you know, it's good. We there's money in the bank. There's, there's money in the bank, <laughs> uh, but I couldn't really drill down any deeper than that. Um, and I started reading this book. Actually, I'll show it on the screen here. Profit First by Michael McCallowitz. Uh, And I was like, yeah, I want to do that. Uh, I want to implement that system. I, I, I or at least figure out a way to to tailor it towards private practice. Um, and so I started reading that, which was amazing. And then, uh, but at the end of the day, I couldn't really answer her question. These types of questions, how profitable we were, are there areas in our business, uh, that are prohibiting us to be more profitable? <laughs> what are the profit margins on our clinicians and those who are working for us? And, uh, how was our overhead costs affecting our profit? Like I couldn't answer any of those questions. And it's like, these are really important questions if you want to grow a business. Um, so we were blind to the story that the our money, the revenue that we're bringing in was telling us as a business. And I needed a guide to help me move forward and understand that. And that's, that's when you reached out to me in my desperation. You didn't even know how desperate I was, but <laughs> you reached out to me. So I'm curious, is that is that how you remember how we met? Or at least how we partnered up and you well, I didn't, I didn't know the desperation. I didn't know that side of it. I saw you in LinkedIn. I was like, Hey, I remember Brent. And then I saw that you were working with uh, small business owners and doing kind of connecting with people similar to who I wanted to connect with. So I, I just reached out and said, Hey, we should network together and see if we have any common connections or we can help each other out. And then, yeah, you were like, Hey, we should talk QuickBooks. <laughs> so, I mean, that is the beauty of LinkedIn though. It's fun when you find those connections that, that you've 
uh, not had for a little while and reconnect. So yeah, I, it's similar story to what I remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about, it's like, yeah, actually I need help myself. Uh, <laughs> and my marriage does too. It was a monthly conversation. So I was like, I'm done having these like, yeah, we don't need to be having these conversations. We need to have positive ones. And anyway, so since then, you've really helped us out. But today, uh, help your marriage. Yeah, I'm gonna put that on my business card. <laughs> How that's yeah, that's another thing. Like, like businesses, mom, you know, small businesses. It's usually the husband and wife are in it together, mm-hmm. and uh, money is a hard co- topic. And if you don't have clarity on that money, then uh, it's going to dominate your conversations. Yeah, for so. Sure. Well, we're going to talk about how to maximize profit in your private practice. So thanks, Nate. Why don't you go ahead and kick us off? Sure. Yeah. I mean, profit is is the buzzword of business, right? Everyone wants profit. That's what we're all running towards in a lot of ways. It's it's seen as both the kind of great evil of American business, right? Everyone driving for profit, but also it's necessary. If you don't have profit in your business, your business isn't going to survive. So everyone's kind of thinking about that question. How do we get profit? How do we How do we find that? Um, how does it sustainable? So kind of like you, Brent, um, I was asking myself the same questions in a, in a smaller version since I had started business a couple of years after you, but I also read profit first and it, it, yeah, it just a, had a little bit of a light bulb moment. I think, I think the nice thing about this book, if you do read it, or if you look into it a little bit is it simplifies a lot of kind of the financial world and business. Cause when you get into business finance, there's a lot of terms, there's a lot of financial statements, there's a lot of jargon that can get confusing whether you're a financial person or not a financial person. Um, so I think Profit First boils it down a little bit, but basically just, I guess, to get into what Profit First is a little bit is is the basic premise is, like the title of the book, to put the profit of the business first before all the expenses, before all the operating and the overhead, and to make that first and pay yourself first in that. So it basically boils it down to that. Now, how you do that is it's kind of similar to the envelope system. If you've heard about that, when you're thinking about personal finance, where, all right, I made a thousand dollars this month. I'm going to put $200 in an envelope for groceries and put $200 in an envelope for uh, the mortgage. Cause apparently my mortgage is really cheap in this scenario. I'm going to put 200, you know, but you have a fixed amount in each envelope and that's the only money you can spend on that. Profit first is kind of based around the same idea. Your business makes a certain amount of money every month, and then you're going to distribute that money out to the categories that need it, and you're going to distribute only that amount so that you're not overspending on things you don't need, so that you're not just um, putting money back into the business just for the sake of putting money back into the business. Because that's what happens with a lot of profits is business makes a profit. The owner thinks, well, I need to reinvest it. So they just buy things or they just put it, stick it into their checking account and it just stays there and it's not doing anything the point of profit first is to put it in specific areas where it's actually going to help the business, whether that's saving for your taxes, whether that's uh, growing the business, but especially making sure that you're actually paying yourself as a business owner. Because very few entrepreneurs do pay themselves or pay themselves enough. They just always kind of live in this scarcity mindset. I don't have enough money. There's not enough to pay me. I'll do it when we get to this profit amount. But then they you know, grow revenue. Expenses also grow. And then you're still kind of in the same amount of profit and your margins never increase. So the whole kind of methodology with profit first is is to put that first, to pay yourself first, to put that profit first and to keep spending where it needs to be in kind of the correct levels. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's absolutely true. <laughs> I mean, when we started switching to this mindset, um, you know, 
the idea is you kind of take profit. When you say profit first, you actually take a little bit of profit off the top and we could get more into it later, but that is, that has been a game changer um, for us. And also just know where the money's going and for what purposes, like, again, it goes back to what is the, your money is telling your revenue is telling a story of your business. Do you know the story that it's telling? And, um, Profit's one of the first things you look at. <laughs> is this a is this a tragedy, right? Um, but how do you even know if it's a tragedy? So that's what I'm saying. You know, you need a bookkeeper to help start telling, helping you interpret that story. Bit and I, I think that's kind of a key part to bring up is profit first is like a, a great quick look at where everything is because to get into it, I guess a little bit more specifically is you actually have five different bank accounts set up. So instead of just having one checking account, you're having five, which is a weird conversation when you start off. You go into your bank, you're like, hey, I need five checking accounts. They're like, excuse me? <laughs> it's, it's pretty weird, but you know, do it. It's, it's fun. But um, you basically have those five accounts set up and, and the accounts are um, income, which is all your money is going to flow into. You have operating expenses, also called OPEX. That's where all of your normal monthly expenses are going to come out. You have profit, which like you said, Brent, is kind of that extra percentage off the top. It's going to be a bonus for you and also a little bit of emergency savings. Um, and then you have tax as well and owner's compensation. So tax is going to pay your taxes for you. Owner's compensation is going to pay you. So you have those five accounts. Those are like a nice, quick, easy way to see where everything is in your, in your business. Every time you log into your bank and say, all right, I, I can see how much everything is, but I think it does need to be done in conjunction with using the quote, normal financial statements that you get from accountants or from bookkeepers as well because those are going to show you a little bit more of the specifics of what's actually happening. So when you look at things like the profit and loss report, you look at the balance sheet, you look at the statement of cash flows, those, if you look at them regularly, are also going to show you the specifics of how am I making money? How am I spending money? And the biggest question all business owners are always asking, where's my cash? What's happening to my cash? I see I have profit, but what happened to my money? You know, that's so common is you see you have three or $4,000 in profit, but then your checking account balance went down from the month over month. How does that happen? And when you look at some of those reports, you start to see where that money is going. Oh, I was paying a loan and that didn't show up uh, in the profit. Or I took a distribution and that didn't show up um, You know, when we were looking at the numbers related to profit. So you have to look at those statements in conjunction with the profit first pieces. But when you do those two together, you're going to have a really great view of how you're making money and how you're spending money. And it's going to hopefully give you a pretty good idea of what you can do to change that as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just go back to this, like it's telling you a story and most private practice owners don't know what the story is. Now, just kind of a side, side note when, um, so there's, I call it the partnership plan. So there's a, there's therapists that will reach out to me. Like I want to launch Brent, but I really want you to, to kind of partner up with me and help launch this. Um, or they've been in private practice for a while and they're like, Brent, I actually need you to come in and help, help me out. Like it's, like, it's a longer term relationship. And the first thing that I typically do is I will bring Nate in. I said, all right, let's see what the story of your finances are telling us. So what's the health of the business? So we'll take a look at the QuickBooks and we'll do an audit. And man, I tell you, like, it tells the story like you, you're overspending over here. You're actually not bringing enough money to cover these types. Of, you know, it's just it just reveals so much. And, and it's so foundational because and I'll get one. I'll say one more thing, especially if you have therapists working for you, they actually depend upon you and your business in some way you are providing for them and their family. And so it is on you as the business owner to know that story is your business 
a healthy business financially. That's just one aspect of it. But you are providing for people. And so this is something, you know, their finances will keep people up at night. And private practice owners will be like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it. I don't know. You shouldn't, you shouldn't have to actually be worrying about those things. If you set it up right, if you get clarity on the story your finances are telling you, you'll be able to sleep, you'll be able to provide, and then you can actually focus on growing your private practice because everything's in place. So that's, I'll get off my soapbox on that thing <laughs> now. And I tell from, per, you know, personally too, like we've lived through that and we've had to make some yeah, changes yeah. And, and it's amazing now. Um, but anyways, I digress. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think what maybe is helpful for people to hear about Profit First is they hear, all right, it's a system. I've heard about all the different systems. How is this one actually different? And I think the cool thing about Profit First is it forces you to do the things that are really hard to do as a business owner. And that those two things, especially being paying yourself, which I, I mentioned a little bit earlier, and paying your taxes and saving for your taxes. Taxes are like the boogeyman that all business owners are always feeling, right? We get to like the end of the year, like November, December, we're like, all right, we're getting to the holidays, but man, tax time is coming, right? It's like, and it's, it's always kind of on the horizon. You're always kind of worrying about it. Um, and then you have estimated tax payments, which are throughout the year. So, you know, those might add a little stress to it. So the cool thing about Profit First is, you know, alongside the fact that it's lowering your spending because you're saying, all right, I only have 30% of my income, which is going to go to operating expenses. There's not more. I can't put more. That's the only percentage that's in that account. And besides the fact that you're paying yourself a good solid amount and kind of setting goals there, it's going to help you put aside a certain percentage of all your revenue towards taxes as well. So that when you get to the, to tax time, when you get to April, there's money in that account ready to go and your business is going to pay your taxes for you. Um, and when those estimated tax payments come up four times a year, there's money in there ready to pay those mm-hmm. for you. And if your tax bill comes up and your CPA says, ah, yeah, sorry, there's 5,000 more than we thought, you don't have to scramble around and sell something or take out a line of credit. You know, there's money in there ready. So I think that's kind of the cool piece. One of the cool pieces, one of the best pieces in my mind is because that's something that I think so few business owners have time to do or think about but when you're starting to use profit first and, and work with kind of the statements and, and learn the story. Like you're saying, Brent, you can start to project out some of those things. All right. We see that the profit is this amount. That means the tax is probably going to be around this. Do we have enough in the tax account for tax time? Right. And, and more times than anything else, what happens when you're using profit first, what I've seen with the clients is they have quite a bit more in their tax account than they need. So they get to tax time, business pays their taxes for them. And then there's actually some surplus left over and they can either get ready for next year or take that as an extra distribution for themselves. They can buy something else in the business. They can give their employees a bonus, but that's the beautiful part. You have the flexibility. All of a sudden you have a couple thousand dollars or more that you can say, wow, we can kind of do whatever we want with this instead of kind of living that scarcity mindset of we're always short, we're always looking for more cash. Um, So I think it allows you to really think ahead in a lot of ways too. And and I know we're really kind of boiling down and simplifying the process because it it does take a little bit to to work through. But if you work with someone else when you're kind of implementing it, it's really helpful as they can kind of coach you through it and and, uh, help you kind of figure out how to set that all that up. But yeah, I'll just share with uh, our listeners here is that what I typically do is um, it's a little it's a little different with private practices the way cash flow typically works. But let's just say what I, I have a bank account for my taxes and I'm like, OK, 12 percent that I make from that month, I'm going to put into my tax account and then I have a profit account. So let's say two percent of that month, I'm just going to put my profit account. And that's sort of like I can reward my family the, as it's a family business 
we could do something special with our family, go to Disneyland or whatever, <laughs> whenever it opens again. And then, um, you know, treat your family that way. And then I have uh, like a savings account. So 10% of whatever I make in that month, we're going to put in our savings account and let that grow in case we need that savings. So I, I have this image. So we built this uh, gingerbread house and uh, a couple of weeks ago. Actually, I didn't. It was my wife and the kids did. And somewhere, one of the neighbors gave us just an insane amount of candy. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and the kids wanted to eat all that candy. And I was like, that's not coming back into our house. We put it at the end of our street or driveway. And so people could see it as they drove by and things like that. A little holiday cheer on our cul-de-sac. And, um, and I was like, that's not coming back into our house. We're going to put that in the backyard. And I knew exactly what was going to happen. So squirrels, squirrels are going to have a great time with it. And so we put it in the backyard on, on our picnic table. And like in the morning, we'd watch the squirrels do it. So this is what they would do. It took them like two weeks to demolish the thing. But this is what they did. They would find these gumdrops and other candies or the actual you know, the gingerbread house itself. And they would take parts of it and they would eat a little bit of it. And then they would go bury the gumdrop somewhere in our backyard. Like they were taking the candy and burying it. And that's a little bit like what profit first is, is like you, you're able to take some of it for yourself, you know, feed yourself and your family, but also take parts of that and bury it in a bank account for when you're going to need it. And that, and so when it's time, when you get hungry, <laughs> you know, exactly, you got to pay the, you know, IRS, whatever, <laughs> you know, exactly where to go to find that money, uh, to pay, to pay your liabilities. Hmm. Um, so that's kind of how we, <laughs> yeah. like squirrels, that's kind of how we do it. Uh, it's funny. Uh, it's, money. it's one of those things where it seems like the more you bury, the less you need it, right? Cause you're, you're planning more and more and you're forecasting more and more what's going to happen. So it seems like when you have that savings and you have kind of that cushion set up, you use it a lot less. Um, at least, you know, I, you could say there's some, some coincidence there, but I think a big part of it is you're being cognizant of, of where your money's going and what's happening in your business. You're prepared a lot more for kind of what's going to happen. So you're not going to need to use the cushion as much. So it just gives such peace of mind. I think, like you said, you always kind of know, Hey, I have that money saved up in my back pocket if something happens. And, yeah. and the 2020 is a great example. It's no one could predict what 2020 was going to be business like. And, mm -hmm. and for some businesses is a great year for some, it was a, is a huge struggle. And um, yeah, when you have that cushion, it can, it can get through, get you through a lot of things and, and give you a lot of extra room for, for moving around. So, yeah. Well, uh, before we move on, uh, I want to remind the listener about a free resource you can take advantage of today. Look, most mental health professionals open a private practice to help more people and to make more money. The problem is they lack a clear plan to sustainably grow their business and to create a profitable marketing strategy. And that's why I created the Private Practice Marketing Roadmap. It's a free video training series that I will walk you through my three pillars of private practice marketing. If you need fresh ideas about marketing yourself as a clinician or your private practice, or you just need a marketing plan, go to brandyourpractice.com forward slash roadmap. It is completely free and it will help you generate a pipeline of new clients. Just go to brandyourpractice.com slash roadmap and get started today. Now, I know, the Nate, as we were talking about this episode, uh, we were going to talk about clinician profitability a little bit. Uh, did you want to kick it off and share a few thoughts sure. on that? Yeah, one of the projects that, that you and I worked on um, is thinking about what kind of data can we use with clinicians to help the practice owner know what clinicians are profitable and which aren't? 
um, meaning, you know, it, it's, it's kind of all relates right to, you know, there's all these different splits with how different clinicians are paid. Every practice you talk to has a different way of doing it, or there's even probably multiple ways within the one practice of, of paying clinicians. So as a business owner, you're probably thinking, I don't really know who's profitable, how much money each person is bringing in. You might see that, but you might not know how much is actually staying in the business. So that was kind of a big struggle. I know you talked about that with, mm-hmm. with um, Susan's business um, and then also uh, just with other clients. So what we tried to work through is how can we actually see that data all in one place? How can we actually see um, you know, each clinician, how much money are they bringing in? How much does it actually cost to have them in the business? And then what does that mean for profitability? So yeah, we we made a chart for that. We're able to see that and kind of see the changes from month to month. And I think that's a pretty helpful tool for um, private practice owners to kind of see, all right, how much am I actually paying each clinician compared to how much money they're bringing in? Which splits between the practice and between the clinician actually make sense, right? Both for the clinician and for the practice. Because that's what it comes down to. You know, I want to treat my people well, but I also need to make enough money to keep them employed. Like you said earlier, if right. if you pay them super well, but your business goes out of business. Uh, yeah, they're, they're looking for work elsewhere and it's, you know, a tumultuous time for them. So you have to kind of find that sweet spot where you're paying them well, you're treating them well, but you're also making enough profit to stay in business, to grow, to keep bringing in clients that they can see as well. So putting together a chart to kind of see those differences was a good way to kind of see that, all right, what makes sense relationship wise with clinicians based off their experience, based off of how many people they're seeing. And what does that actually mean for profitability? Meaning, how much is the business actually keeping, right? That's what profitability really comes down to. How much is actually in my bank account staying there at the end of the, end of the day that I get to choose what to do with? Because if you have that coming in, you're actually going to be able to survive and, and stay in business. So, Yeah, man, this was like a game changer for us. Uh, and to your credit, you really helped. I had this idea and you broke it all down for me <laughs> with all the numbers. And here's what happened. We, um, again, it's really important for the private practice owner to know profit margins, overhead costs, and those types of things. So what we did is we actually took up kind of the average monthly cost of what it was just to run our private practice, uh, for kid matters. So that's rent, um, internet, all the utilities, just all the expenses. And then what we did is we actually divided those expenses um, uh, accordingly to how many clinicians we had. So let's just say we had, you know, 10 clinicians and we divided those monthly expenses by the 10 clinicians. So what we were able to see is like, okay, this is, this is the expenses per clinician that we need to cover. Like we want to make sure we're able to make more to be profitable. Each clinician is able to bring in more than what their allocated expenses. And we just, you know, divide those up evenly. And so we had some clinicians that, um, paying very, very well. And it's actually very hard for them to be profitable. We have other clinicians who might be pre-licensed or interns where sometimes you can make a more of a profit margin off those uh, clinicians work uh, just because the way you structure it and you're providing a lot of value to them, they're actually making a great profit margin. And, um, and just trying to see how that, how that all works out in your business. Now, this is where it really came in uh, for us. It hit the, it was a, man, it was so helpful. So we are, th- we're thinking about expanding another thousand square feet. So right now kid matters is roughly about 3000 square feet. And we were having those conversations, I mean, 3000 square feet. Now but we were at, thinking about adding another thousand. And what we did is we took the expenses of what it would be to another thousand square feet. 
And we just plug those numbers in to like a regular month and we updated and uh, Susan was able to make a decision like, you know, actually, you know what, that would make a lot of our clinicians, it wouldn't be profitable for us to do that. We would have to make other changes. We need to maybe hire more people, whatever it might be. And she was able to make a, not an emotional decision. It wasn't based on emotion, but it was actually based on the numbers that the story of the, of the, of the money, that the story, the money, the story was the money, the story, the money, the money, the story was telling. <laughs> and she was like, you know what? We're going to hold off. And that was, and we made that decision probably in 15 minutes. Like it was just so clear. And um, so that's kind of another example of how it's, how it might be helpful for you to know what is the profitability of your clinicians and if you need to restructure things. Um, so anyways. Yeah. And I think that's one of the the tricky parts, I guess, you know, helpful parts, but also tricky parts of, of private practice is the, just the way the business model is set up is pretty much all the revenue you're bringing in a decent percentage of it is always going to be going back to, to the clinicians, mm-hmm. right? Because they're the ones seeing a lot of the clients, they're doing a lot of the work. Obviously the business owner may also have a pretty full, full caseload. So in that case, that can kind of help offset that. But as a business owner, you're probably not wanting to have a super huge, large caseload for years and years and years, right? At some point you probably want to step back and at least lower that um, in some way. So the hard part is all the revenue that's brought in is always going to be having a pretty high percentage right away off the top going to the clinicians. So using a tool like this can be helpful in kind of saying, okay, we understand that's going to happen, but let's make sure we're doing it in the most efficient way. Um, Because even if your revenue keeps increasing, if you don't have great splits with your clinicians, if you're paying them in a way that it's not going to allow the business to keep bringing in a profit, it doesn't matter how much revenue you bring in. You're going to keep losing the same percentage of it to your operating costs, to your clinicians. um, And that's going to hurt the business. So it's, kind of going back to that sweet spot. You got to find that sweet spot because otherwise it doesn't matter how much revenue you bring in. Revenue's an important number, but it's not the most important number. Profit's a lot more important because it's saying how much is actually staying in the business. And that's going to influence how strong the business is, how healthy it is, and how long it can stay in business. Yeah. So I think that's a key thing to think about. And I'll I'll say this one last thing. We're actually thinking about providing health benefits for certain of our clinicians who are employees of our business. Uh, They're not, and actually just offering a straight salary and not kind of the split. So Nate, yeah, it's another conversation we've had. Interesting. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, but because uh, we're at a point, like we understand the numbers, right? So we don't have to fear this. We're just, we're trying to understand the, that, that story a little bit more uh, because we do want to provide more stability and, and value to our clinicians because uh, we want to retain the keep talent. Um, so, uh, but we're able to have those discussions about health benefits because we know our numbers really, really well mm-hmm. and what that's going to add to the bottom line. So Nate, man, thank you so much. This is good. Looking forward to our uh, next episode uh, together talking about profitability and bookkeeping. So how can people uh, get in touch with you? Yeah, definitely. You can find us on LinkedIn at my name, Nate Hendricks. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Navigator Bookkeeping is our business page. And then our website is navigatingyourbooks.com. So any of those places would be a great way to reach out. We'd love to answer any questions. We love bookkeeping, QuickBooks, financial questions. So feel free to reach out. Awesome. Thanks so much. All right, folks. Uh, thanks for listening. If you found this conversation useful, subscribe to the podcast. And please join me again next time for the Brand Your Practice podcast.